podcast land, you're set to dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 110, holy smokes. So I don't bury the lead as I tend to do. My guest a little bit later on going 10 rounds of Rhino, 9-1 LFA, lightweight Brant, Killer B Moore is going to go 10 rounds of Rhino. It is so fun. He's a great personality, wonderful fighter, great, great guy to talk to. Can't wait for you guys to check that out. So our intro and schedule is as follows. Finally. Folks, the UFC has returned. What a long and like boring few weeks without them. So I'm glad they were back. Uh, we're going to break down all of UFC Vegas 46. Prior to that, we're going to go over some of the results from Invicta 45. That was on Wednesday. Um, Dre is drop of the night. Picks for the massive UFC 270 pay-per-view next Saturday. Q&A with some members of the Rhino gang. Gang, gang. And then, like I said, the LFA lightweight standout total prospect. Great guy. Brant Killaby Moore goes 10 rounds of Rhino. So, without further ado, let's get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So, from uh, Kansas City in on Wednesday, which was awesome to have a midweek card, we had Invicta 45. Uh, we had a lot of members of the Rhino gang on this one. So, uh, we'll start out with our girl, Katie Saul, the Queen of the North, at 105 pounds, taking on Tamika Jones. She got the arm bar in the first round. That's Katie Saul with a big win, coming off of her very controversial split decision loss in her last fight. Moving on to our most recent guest, we had Helen Ayansa Peralta versus Elise Pone. Helen was dominant in this fight. I mean, really hard punches, pressing her up against the cage, really bullying her. Uh, great win by unanimous decision for Helen Peralta. Moving into our girl, Monica Franco, fighting the very strong uh, Haley Cowan. This one was, uh, Monica did a good job in the first round, but Haley really came on in the second, really kind of um, showed her strength advantage and was able to take Monica down, put the rear naked choke on her and tap her out in the second. The main event on this card was Alicia Zaptilia versus Jessica Delbone in a rematch. This one was for the 105-pound or strawweight uh, championship. This one was awesome. Alicia Zaptilia, I think, made a lot of people very unhappy with her stance on mental health. So I think the vast majority of us were rooting for Jessica Delboni to win, which she did. She got the very clear-cut unanimous decision in a fun scramble fest scrap for that one so big shout out to all the winners and everybody who um got in there and really put on their fucking display of uh mixed martial arts at invicta 45 all right dre let's go ahead and get into our breakdown of ufc oh man it feels so good to say i just want to savor it <laughs> of ufc vegas 46 we had our first fight we had our man tj brown downtown tj brown taking on um, Charles Rosa, who came in on very late notice. I think they said only three or four days. Um, this one was awesome. So uh, Charles Rosa started with the calf kicks early. TJ Brown got some big punches off, some nice takedowns. They had, some, they had some pretty fun scrambles on the ground. Both guys are very well versed on the ground. But TJ was in control the whole fight. He really uh, showed his top control against a very you know tough scrambler in Charles Rosa. And TJ Brown clearly won the entire fight. Got the unanimous decision in that one. And unanimous decision is going to be a theme throughout the evening. So just bear bear with us. Um, so, yeah, TJ Brown wins first uh, the first fight in the car. Rhino gang, gang, gang. Moving into our other Rhino gang fighter, Kevin Kroom, again, taking his fight on very short notice against Brian Boom Kelleher. 
the crash was pressuring and landing really well at first. He had like a seven inch reach advantage. He was pressuring and doing a good job against Brian Kelleher. Then very late, uh, Brian hit him with a beautiful, I believe it was a right hook, dropped Kevin. And from kind of from that point forward, Brian Kelleher was the aggressor. He took Brian, he took Kevin down pretty regularly. He was landing harder shots. So Brian Kelleher got the unanimous decision in this one against Kevin Kroom, but no fucking shade to Kevin Kroom, who like I said, stepped in on three days notice to put on a really tough performance uh, against a very good Brian Kelleher. So shout out to you, Kevin Crew, Rhino Gang, Gang, Gang. All right, on our third fight came from the 170 pound division, which was Ramiz Brahmi, Bram, oh my goodness, Brahima versus Court McGee, the longtime veteran. I thought Ramiz was going to be a little bit more. Um, have a little bit more of a sense of panic, right? Kind of like a more like, I want to get this in and get this done, but he could not do shit against Court McGee. Court McGee showed his veteran prowess and his strength, and he was just constantly pushing Ramiz up against the cage, taking him down, holding him down, not going, you know, not allowing any of uh, Ramiz's very good submission game to come off. So, yeah, Court McGee really dominated this fight. Again, I'm going to say this right against Ramiz Brahmiha, maybe, Brahima. I think it was Ibrahima. I got it. Against Court McGee. Court McGee got the big UD in that one. Moving into our next fight, we had Jamie Pickett versus Joseph Holmes. They called him Ugly Kid Joe, I believe. I think that's his streamer name or his Twitch name or something of that effect. Not the most excited fight in the world. Jamie did a, good, a lot of good job of forward pressure, but there was just a lot of cage work, a lot of... Um, you know, lulls, if you will. But Jamie Pickett was trying to press the action. He did land some fairly nice shots on Joseph. Joseph was very young in his career. I, I hope he becomes more aggressive as he moves forward. Jamie needs to as well. But Jamie win, Jamie Pickett got the big win by UD over Joseph Holmes in that one. Moving into our fifth fight, we had Bill Ale Illigo, Algio, excuse me, against Joe Anderson Brito. Um, this one kind of was a case of Bill Aligio was or Algeo was really kind of fighting from the outside, landing a lot of good strikes. And then Joe Anderson Brito was able to take him down a bunch. Right. And when he would take him down, he didn't do a whole lot on there. And then when they would get up or bill would get up, bill lit him up a little bit more on the feet. So it was really kind of a striker versus grappler. I wasn't sure how they were going to score it, but bill did get the uh, UD in this one over Joe Anderson Brito. And then he called out Giga Chikadze, which, uh, okay, you know, <laughs> shoot your shot, I guess. <laughs> Moving into our next, so that was at 145 as well. Moving into our next fight, which was, oh my gosh, so fun. Vacheslav Borischev versus Dakota Harry Bush in 155 pounds. Both guys were landing hard early. Dakota had a really nice couple of takedowns. Um, took the back on Vacheslav at one point, but then Vacheslav, you know, reversed it, got some ground upon him. Then they both got to their feet. And then, by God, thankfully, a beautiful left hook to the body, a liver shiver, if you will, against Dakota Bush. Put him down. Vacheslav Borchev got the TKO or gets the TKO in the first. Fantastic fucking finish. I was so relieved to finally get a finish on that one. And then the very cool Russian dance by Vacheslav after that. So big win for him at 155 over Dakota Bush. Moving into our next fight, we had Jennifer Meyer versus Caitlin Chukagian or Caitlin Kia. Chukagian, if you will. Uh, some big knees and punches from Kalen earlier. Maya was doing some nice one-twos and some front kicks and some leg kicks. But after the first round, which was pretty competitive, I gave Kalen the next two. 
she just really out kickboxed her, really, you know, kind of stayed on the outside, hurt Jennifer Maya a bunch of times, not like didn't drop or anything, but really wobbled her and was really kind of, you know, showing that she was the better striker on the feet. So Caitlin Chukagan clearly won at least the second and the third and maybe the first, I don't know. But she, again, another unanimous decision in that one for Caitlin Chukagan. And we have a question about her later in the Rhino Gang Q&A. So let's move into our next fight, which was Rogerio Bontarain versus Brandon Royval. This is where, uh, you know, I don't know, dude. I <laughs> Brandon Royval, I thought, was going to be taken down and controlled a lot by Roger or Rogerio Bontorin. There was a lot of missed strikes early. They were both throwing a lot, like missing a lot. And then Rogerio was taking Brandon down a bunch, but, you know, much like some other fights in the evening, not doing a whole lot when he was down there. And when they were on the feet, Brandon Royval was really throwing a lot of stuff. Even when Brandon would get taken down, he was throwing from the bottom. And when he would be on top, he was very active, even when shit wasn't landing. So, again, it was a really close fight. I would have given it to Bontorian, but Brandon Royval did get the split decision in that one. And I could see why, because he was more active. Um... So, yeah, big win for Brandon at 125 pounds. He even said in his post-fight interview that he plans on being more active and trying for more finishes in the future. Moving into my favorite division, the heavyweights. you got Chase Sherman versus Jake Collier. And, wow, right from the jump, these two were doing what we like our heavyweights to do. Just stand and trade, baby. Just fucking smash each other. They were both landing really good, hard shots. And then out of nowhere, Jake Collier took Chase down, uh, really was pounding him hard, really good inside elbows, elbows from Mount. Um, and then, you know, when Chase had to kind of turtle up and turn over, Jace, Jake Collier saw the very... Um, wide open to take over that fucking rear naked choke, slapped it on Chase Sherman and tapped him out in the first round. So what would end up being our only other finish? We had one TKO and one sub for the entire card. So that was Chase Sherman versus Jake Collier. Moving into our main event, and what a main event it was. Giga Chikaze versus Calvin Cater. <clears throat> the first two minutes, dude, Giga, or Giga Chikaze was in doing an incredible job of the the hard body kicks and really landing hard strikes. He seemed to really be in control for that first 90, maybe to, maybe to 90 seconds to two minutes. And then he like threw a, I don't remember what he threw. I mean, it was a kick, but he fell. Calvin jumped on him. And literally from that point forward, it was all Calvin Cater, whether it was on the feet or whether it was on the ground, Giga Chikadze was getting fucking lit up punches kicks inside elbows takedowns i mean everything calvin was throwing especially that beautiful crisp jab was landing all night now now giga would get these like second and third and fourth wins for like a brief minute right so he would throw a hard shot or two that might land but calvin cater was all pressure all accuracy all volume just complete terminator in the fucking fight last night and clearly won I could see maybe somebody giving Giga part of the first round, but come on, dude. This was Calvin, all five rounds. Incredible performance by him coming off of his very devastating loss a full year ago to Max Holloway. <clears throat> yeah, Calvin Cater, so impressive. Giga was so impressive with his toughness and was, you know, his fortitude to keep going. But as far as like the skill on display, that was all Calvin Cater, dude. Big shout out to him and the New England cartel. So that was UFC Vegas 46. Our quick recap of Invicta 45. Now, Drea, you had a very limited amount of resources to work with for your Drea's Drop of the Night. But what did you come up with for your world famous Drea's Drop of the Night? Drea! Drop of the Night. My Drop of the Night has to go to Vicious Love Borship. 
for his left hook liver shot that dropped and stopped Dakota Bush. Uh, it was a hell of a shot. So congrats to Vyacheslav Borshev. So we got the, the, the drop and stop for Dre's drop of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know UFC 270 is only a week away. <clears throat> In fact, as we record this, only six days away. But when Dre and I both get our cards from Topology, and Topology currently only has three listed for the main card. And if we only choose the main card, um, I'm going to do with the three that I have picked. And then Dre added a couple that are currently on the prelim that she mm-hmm. thinks may go to the main card, and they, and they might. So we'll go ahead and get started. I got 145. I've got um, I've got Charles Jordan actually coming in late and putting the big upset on Ilya Topuria by split decision. Charles Jordan over Ilya Topuria by split decision. What about you, Drea? I'm going Ilya Topuria uh, with a TKO in round two. Damn, TKO round two. All right. Moving into the first of the two belts on the line for Saturday's UFC 270. Of course, we know where I'm going with. We know the CSWR crew lies. Our yeah. man, Brandon Moreno. I've got beating Davison Figueredo by a very clear-cut unanimous decision. I think it's going to be a really fun first two rounds or so. And then Brandon's going to really try to, or is really going to kind of, you know, uh, separate himself um, as being the, the more dominant fighter. So I got Brandon Moreno beating Davison Figueredo by unanimous decision in that one. What about you, Drea? I am with you on that one. I am going Brian, Brian, excuse me, Brandon Moreno. Yeah, you know Brian. You know Brian. Brandon. <laughs> 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 uh, decision over Figgy as well. <clears throat> All right, so we got the same as he's on that one. And then, oh my gosh, this is, I, I didn't want to talk about it too much because I'll get too hyped up and it's too far away. But the 265-pound <laughs> belt is on the line, the real champ. Francis Ngannou versus interim champ, Cyril Gan. I think this one is going to be as explosive as can be as long as it lasts. I've got my favorite fighter in the whole UFC for as long as that lasts. I don't know what's going to happen with Francis, <laughs> but I certainly hope he stays and they get his money correct and he can stay for a long time. But I've got Francis Ngannou beating Cyril Gan by TKO in the second round. And you know i got to call my shot on this one. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a, a hard jab landed by Cyril. And this is going to be right in the middle of the cage. And Francis is going to, is going to snap back. And in that split second where his head snaps back, he's going to use all of his supernatural force and come back with a hard overhand right over the top of the, the yet-to-recoil jab that Cyril Gon just threw and hit him with. And he's going to hit Cyril right in the chin, knock him, knock him down. Doesn't knock him clean out because Cyril is you know, super duper top, but he's going to knock him down and a couple, a couple of uh, hammer fists on the ground. And then that's going to do it. Francis Ngannou, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, then hopefully gets his contract taken care of. And we can see him for many, many more fights. Drea, what is your call on our main event for UFC 270? This fight was so hard for me to call, to be honest. I'm a huge gone, uh, Cyril gone fan, but I love Ngannou. So, um, I think Gon's not going to make it too easy for him, but I am going Nganu third round TKO. All right. Now, what other fights did you have put on there? We can do two more. So we have at least five. Uh, I have Cody Stamen versus Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, uh, I'm going Nurmagomedov with the unanimous decision over Stamen. I, too, I'm going to co-sign on that one. That's where I will go with. I will go with Nurmagomedov over Cody Stamen in that one. Yeah. And then uh, the other one I have on here is Rodolfo Vieira versus Wellington uh, Terman. Um, I'm going Vieira with a sub in round two. 
I'll go ahead and just for funsies go opposite to you. I'll go Wellington Turbine by unanimous decision in that one, Dre. Just for, okay. just for fun. I would have gone the opposite of you when I went, if you went short, you would have picked. So that's our going to be our main card picks, hopefully, um, for UFC 270 this coming weekend. So, Dre, let's questions. I know our first one comes from our dear homie, the Rage of Sweet Potato. The year is 2043. The UFC is celebrating its 50th anniversary with UFC 500. The card consists entirely of second-generation UFC fighters, children of the current roster. Whose kids are fighting on the card? What is the name of the event? Where is it being held? And what roles have changed from the current rule set? So the kind of the low-hanging fruit is you got to look first at the couple's of high level MMA, right? And that kind of gives us the highest probability of their kids growing up to become fighters. Cause as we know, when, especially both your parents, if not one, but both, um, you're going to spend time in the gym. You're going to spend time around the other fighters. You're going to kind of think it's cool and you'll probably be able to get started a lot earlier than a lot of other people are. So you look at the, you look at the fighters and the first couple that came to mind was Tiago Santos versus Jana Kuniskaya and their kids. I think their kids will probably grow up to be fighters because not only do you have Brazil and Russia, but you also have two super duper top 10 heavy, not heavyweight, top 10 um, caliber fighters who have been in the UFC for quite a while now. So yeah, I think their kids might very much uh, want to follow their parents' footsteps and go into it. Gilbert and Carrie Melendez, their kids, you know, both of them are high level fighters. I could see that happening. And this one hurt me to say, Drea, but I have to, because it answers my man RSP's question. I'm going to guess Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown, right? Yeah. You have Travis Brown, who's huge heavyweight. Then you got Ronda Rousey, super athletic, incredible judoka who had her run in the UFC. So, yeah, I think their kids might very possibly, you know, want to follow their parents' footsteps and go into the UFC. Um, I, I, I would also say Robbie Lawler and then probably GSP just because I think they're both incredible fighters. They're two of my favorites of all time, so I'm going to say yeah. them probably. Um, yes. Yeah, so it'll be called UFC 500 generations. Ooh, that is a nice <laughs> ring to it. UFC 500 generations is the name, uh, held for sure at the Saitama super arena in Japan. Cause I wanted to be like pride style. You know what I mean? Go back, shout out to pride, go back to the pride, do it. I know they'll have to do it in octagon cause it's a UFC card, but I just love the idea of it being the Saitama super arena and have having it be kind of a pride feel to it. Um, the only, the only things I really want changed as far as like rules go, I, I think you should be able to uh, to knee the grounded opponent in the head. I think that's fine. And then much like Invicta does over there in Kansas, I would like to see open scoring. I would like open scoring to, you know, at some point become a major, you know, a, a thing. It may not be able to be done in every single, you know, commission won't sign off on it, but I, I like open scoring. I think it really changes the dynamic and for the better. So, yeah, I would like knees to the head on the grounded opponent to be allowed, and I would definitely would like um, – I would definitely like open scoring to be, be implemented as far as uh, the UFC goes, hopefully by UFC 500 generations. <laughs> <laughs> so great question, RSP. Thank you so much, my dude. All right. I know when it comes, next one comes from our girl, APB. APB, what do you got this week? Great performance by downtown TJ Brown. Who would you like to see him fight next? Uh, next for our man, downtown TJ Brown. Rhino gang, gang, gang. So there's a very interesting featherweight fight uh, this coming April at UFC 273, and that's Pat Sabatini versus Gavin Tucker. Pat Sabatini has shown himself to be a fantastic grappler, right? Gavin Tucker, very good striker, very durable guy. 
So I like the I like that matchup. First of all, let's match up the winner of that with our man with our guy TJ dude. I like the way they both match up. Uh, I think we matched up with both guys though. But I get asked these questions. That's what I like to see. Like I like the I like that I don't care who wins between Sabatini and Tucker, right? Because either one would be a great matchup for TJ Brown. It would put him in that top thirty range, you know, kind of break into the top thirty of featherweight, keep it moving up the ladder. So yeah, I love the winner of Pat Sabatini versus Gavin Tucker at UFC two seventy three for our man downtown TJ Brown. So thank you so much, ABB. And as you know, you can't be a wuss. And have a puss. <laughs> Trey was a delayed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I always apologize. I had my phone on mute and because right. the dog was barking. <laughs> Certainly been there before. All right. So mm-hmm. I know our next it comes from my my bestest friend in the world, the doc. Doc, what do you got this week, dude? Are there any ways that you would change how the fight cards are produced and presented to us on fight nights? Yeah, great question, homie. Absolutely. Like the biggest gripe that I've had for years is the pacing of fights. Now, it's not just the UFC. It's with boxing. It's with some kickboxing. There's been a lot of shows over the years. I'm like, I can't believe the pacing is so fucking slow. I understand the need for advertising revenue. Okay, I do. But the fact that we pay for ESPN Plus or that we pay for pay-per-views to watch fights, the pacing has always been off. I think it's way too slow. I don't, I'm not saying that the person should be on the ramp. So as soon as the one person gets out, the other person should be walking in. I'm not saying that, but I'm not saying that's far off. I think maximum there should be five minutes from the time that the one person or the two combatants from the one fight walk out of the cage till their introdu- introductions of the next fighters, like maximum five minutes. I mm-hmm. say maybe like two, two thirty would be more ideal. Right. If you access five minutes and we're all just sitting there like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like impatient, not, not stoked, right? I want to be stoked and I want fucking the pace of fights to pick up. Um, Now, if you want to do like a promo package before the main event, I get that, right? If you want to do some sort of like montage or lead up video package, makes total sense to me before the main event. But you're talking about 12 or 13, sometimes 14 other fights. We have to wait 10, 12, 15 minutes sometimes in between. Total bullshit, dude. Keep that ball rolling. So, yes, the pacing would be the biggest thing and the biggest gripe that I have, and it needs to pick up. Because we've seen some other promotions where they are much faster and it just flows much better and nicer. So, yeah, dude, I say the pacing has got to pick up. So, thank you very much, Doc. Great question, my dude. All right, next one comes from Jamal, the son of Thomas, the artist formerly known as Cyrus King, our homie from over there in New York. Jamal, what do you got this week, my dude? Great fight between Cater and Giga last night. People always fantasize who would win between a good kickboxer versus a boxer. Is that what we saw last night? Yeah, buddy. It was an incredible display of skill set by Cater and toughness by uh, Giga on that one. I I feel like Giga came out like a little too live, a little too hype, a little bit too much fire. And he was really throwing everything that he had. And then once he slipped and he got taken down, he really tired out some, especially that first round. And with that forward pressure and the accuracy of Calvin Cater, I think like 
I think that 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 being on his back foot really threw off Giga, right? And I think he was getting more tired more quickly than he thought he was going to. And I think his confidence was starting to wane. The longer the fight wore on, it seemed like momentum was just constantly going for Calvin Cater. His confidence picked up. He stopped throwing just punches. He was throwing those elbows. And so, no, I mean, I know it was started out kind of in like the boxing versus kickboxer kind of thing, but I don't think that Calvin really fought a boxer fight because of how many takedowns he had because of all the, the elbows that he threw. I mean, I know he's traditionally seen as like a boxing style guy. And believe me, with that beautiful crisp jab, I could see why. But mm-hmm. Gigas really wasn't throwing that many kicks as the fight wore on. He really got tired. So, no, I wouldn't call it a real like, classic, like, boxer versus kickboxer. I mean, it may have started out that way. But Kelvin really mixed it up beautifully throughout the fight. It really kept Giga Chikadze guessing as to what he was going to do next. And, obviously, the damage and the pressure and the accuracy and the cardio of Calvin Cater was all just way too much for uh, Giga Chikadze. So, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit too simplistic to call it boxer versus kickboxer. But, again, at the end of the day, it's just what an outstanding performance by Calvin Cater over Giga Chikadze. So, Jamal, thank you very much. And I even DM'd him before. I was like, can I call you the artist formerly known as Cyrus King? And he was like, hell yeah, dude, do it. <laughs> so check him out on his show, Combat Corner. Great stuff. What a multitude of subject matters the guy is well-versed in. It's too cool. So thank you so much, Jamal. All right, Dre, I know uh, that's it for our Twitter questions. We've got some voice questions to go ahead and get into. Our first one comes from our homie Juice, and he's throwing some shade. Our homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Drunk Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. I just got a quick question. Is Giga Chikadze a fraud? This man called out Max Holloway, a man who dog-walked Calvin Cater a year ago and just got dog-walked by Calvin Cater. And I know that's MMA math, but... Is Giga Chikadze a fraud? I mean, to think that he invented the liver kick. What a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) No, Giga is not a fraud. (laughs) He showed, dude, he showed, he showed incredible toughness during that five round beating, dude. I think Calvin hit him with some shots that would have put most other 145ers down and out for sure. So he clearly showed he, he he's extremely tough, right? I think it was also made painfully obvious he's not ready for Volk like he was calling for, right, and trying to, you know, troll his way into getting. But he still is definitely a top five featherweight. You know, let's not let's not take anything away from Calvin. And we got to remember that Calvin was on the receiving end of a very similar type of beating last year to Max Holloway. And he trained and regrouped and reformulized the plan. And he got back and had that performance last night. And there's no reason to think that, Giga Chikadze can't do the exact same thing. He can regroup, he can replay, and he can re-strategize. He can do a whole lot of things to have a much better performance in his next fight. So, yeah, dude, I definitely don't think he's a fraud. I definitely think he's still a top five featherweight and a really, really good. I kind of look forward to seeing what is next for him. So, Juice, great question. You shade thrower you, but uh, <laughs> we appreciate you. Check out Juice on the Friendly Sparring Pod with him and Leo. It is awesome. So check those guys out. All right, our our next one comes from our homie Ty the Fly Guy from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles pod. Ty, what do you got this week, homie? Hey, Rhino, it's Ty from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. A question about Caitlin Jugagian. Um, Dana White mentioned that she is now a free agent and that her contract has expired. With her being, I honestly believe she is the best flyweight division not named 
who's the best flyweight fighter, excuse me, not named Valentina Shevchenko. So do you think the UFC should re-sign her? Or if they don't re-sign her, what organization can you see Caitlin going to? Let me know what you think. Love the show. Catch you all later. Dude, they absolutely should re-sign her at 125. Women's 125 is not a deep division, much like 135 and 145 on the women's side. It would be foolish to let anybody go from any of those who is competitive um, or in that top 10. Now, 115 would be the exception because I think 115 is very deep uh, on the women's side. They've got tons of talent. They are a very deep division. But 25, 35, and 45, you can't afford to let go of anybody really who's in the top 10. So to lose, to lose somebody of the caliber of Caitlin Chukagian would be foolish, I think, right? And I know a lot of people think she's a very boring fighter. I tend to agree. I'm mm-hmm. not going to talk shit about her, but she just she has a more boring style, more of a methodical style, right? So you don't want to lose her. If she does leave, Bellator is the only option, right? I, I, th- that's the only place where I think someone um, who fights the way that she does, who's from... Uh, or at 125, I was like, she's from 125. Uh, somebody at 125 could go and, you know, contend. So if she's going to go anywhere, it would be Bellator, but I really don't think they should or are going to let her go, but we'll have to wait and see. So, Ty, thank you so much, homie. Really appreciate the question, but really appreciate the question, my dude. All right, let's go to our homie, the big homie, Jim Assoon, the OG. What do you got this week, Jim? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Ryan on around again. Hope everyone's doing well. What a fucking main event day. Holy fuck. Let me tell you, I'm so happy fucking Kelvin did that, you know, because I've been fucking raving about him all week, saying that, you know, he's going to put on a show and he has something to prove, and he did. What he proved is that what Max showed him the last fight, he took every fucking lesson that Max showed him, and he fucking put that into his fight this fucking time around. That's a fucking master student, in my opinion. You know what I mean? He took every fucking thing that Max did to him. He turned around and fucking gave that to fucking Giga there. So, what's next for fucking Cater now? What's next for fucking Giga? Because he was looking past fucking Cater. We all know he was, you know. But uh, that's my question for this week. The, yeah, I'm fucked up again. Keep the great work. And you know it's always 420, kids. Pay. So what's next for, for Calvin and Giga? I'm going to say for Giga, and I've seen a lot of people talk about it online already, is Brian Ortega. I think it's a fun matchup. Both are coming off very hard losses where they both took a lot of damage. So I don't expect this fight to be anytime soon. But yeah, I think Brian Ortega and Giga Chikazi would be very entertaining. You know, you got Giga's stand-up versus Brian's uh, ground and his jiu-jitsu. So yeah, it's a very intriguing and compelling matchup. Both guys are in the top five, and it makes sense to me. As far as Calvin goes, I'm down with the loser of Volk and Zombie. Right, They're fighting on April 9th. So whichever one loses, which I'm thinking is going to be Korean Zombie, I think him and Calvin should fight. Because then I think Volk should fight Max, you know, should he retain, which I think he will. And then Calvin, should he get through um, the Korean Zombie, which I think he will, then you got a chance for Calvin Cater to fight either Max or Volk. Uh, whoever the you know whoever the winner of their fight is for the title, so it kind of ties up very nicely if it works out that way. So yeah, once again, 
Calvin should get the loser of Vulcan Zombie on April 9th. And then I think he'll win that fight. And then he should take on the winner of Max and Volk, who I think Volk should fight after he beats Korean Zombie. And I hope everybody got fucking kept along with that. I felt like Charlie from the meme from Always Sunny in Philadelphia just then <laughs> doing his fucking thing. But I think everybody was able to, to keep tabs on that. So, Jim, great question. Also, shout out to Mrs. Asun for giving you shit and reminding you to fucking leave a question again this week. So thank you very much, Jim. All right, Drea, let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds of Rhino with LFA lightweight, our man, Brant Moore, after a quick word from our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Oh, everybody out there, fight fan, my dear Rhino Gang. We've got ourselves another fantastic guest fighting in just a week's time at LFA. My man, LFA Lightweight, 9-1, and one, Brent Killaby Moore is going 10 rounds around today. Brent, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, glad to be glad to be on here. Glad to be on here. Glad to be talking, you know, getting some interview time in. Oh, yeah, dude. We are super stoked to have you on. So, Brent, for the first question with Tony with 10 rounds of Rhino is always the same. We love to hear the background story. What's the origin story of how you first got into this crazy world of MMA, dude? Man, I was like, uh, you know, like those old shows like Walker the Texas Ranger, you know, and different things like that. Um, that that I, my grandmother used to watch that show like you know all the time you know and i was just like man i want to be like chuck norris that's awesome and then like you know <laughs> on top of that uh for whatever reason i was really drawn to anime you know and i know that's like a common thing now but like back when i was back back when i was like uh younger being in the anime you was a nerd boy you was a nerd uh you know being a nerd is cool now so it, it is what it is i paved the way <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, and, uh, but, um, like, you know, you, you watch anime, you watch stuff like Baki, like the old school Baki, the grappler, you know, you watch this kid, like, fighting these adults, uh, and different things like that. Um, and you watch, you know, Dragon Ball Z, you see Goku going in there, training hard, getting beat up sometimes, like, just being a warrior and, um, you know, on top of that, you know, being, uh, so I, I started, uh, in karate when I was three. And I did that till I was 12, you know, uh, on top of like uh, on top of all that, you know, like I, I did karate for the longest time. But I was also like still bullied in school, like, you know, not wasn't a very self-confident kid. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like uh, it's not like my home life was like really, really bad. Like I had this like 
abusive as dad physically but you know like uh you know a, a lot of african families need to heal you know from like you know traumas and different things like that so you know, like sometimes the punch gets passed on like my dad's parents were kind of mean to him like my grandma was kind of mean to him and he was kind of mean to me you know so um that little thing little things like that happen and uh you know you lose you're not very confident and what winds up happening is like you know you get bullied and then at some point you just re- you just some people take it and then some people are just like holy shit i gotta get my life together so you know i started boxing at 15 so i could get some respect and really put myself out there and then i started doing jiu-jitsu at 17 and uh man here i am today nine and one hell yeah dude oh, not oh, only you not <laughs> right not only you nine and one you're the co-main event um, next week at the LFA 122. This time around, I know with COVID and with things, you know, it's, it's not a normal training camp. I know a lot of things are harder. It's harder to get different training partners. It's, it's just a whole different feel and vibe. How was training camp for you this time around? Man, training camp, um, since I, my, this is my first training camp going in uh, at Glory, um, uh it was really it's been really good um the with james uh austin ford james krause jason high they've they as coaches they've they've done uh loads for my men, for my mental game you know like um it's uh it's it's one thing you know whenever your coach um is uh just you know showing you like what he showing you how he feels about it whatever but it's a different thing when your coach is like the head of the spear itself you know like james is out there you know james will james will james will go fight anyone anywhere anytime and it's not even cap you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely whenever you whenever you got a guy like that as your coach um and he's um he's the he's the spearhead of the operation it's hard to it's hard to it's 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 hard to it's hard to feel like you can fail you know um and uh you know he he's always he's he's always uh making sure that i'm not like he he's he keeps he keeps us all in check he keeps us all in line he keeps us all mentally strong um and it's just he's he's a great leader he's a great coach austin ford you know i got to know him uh he, he's my um he's my hands coach now you know um he'll actually be cornering me uh next week so you know that'll be my first run first run in uh with me and him get the link up and uh jason high is helping me with my wrestling it's just it's just the training camp couldn't have um the training camp was so different than all my other training camps uh it was a lot tougher um but I, i've 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 never been so grateful to be in a gym and in a room full of all these animals you know like god then i was just talking about the coaches i'm not you know the at glory there's all kinds of people there's like so many people there's grant dawson there's um jason witt um let's see kevin so there's three guys actually out of our gym fighting i want to say it's today it might be tomorrow but um we got ugly man joe we got ugly man joe we got um dakota bush and uh, we got Dakota Bush, T.J. Brown, and Kevin Kroom now. Kevin Kroom's also fighting. He got he taking a three day uh, a three days notice fight. Go see them, man. Um, but um, anyways, like when you got guys like that that uh, are just absolute savages, it's hard to it's hard to feel like you can lose to anybody, and it's hard to not get good work in. Like, Hell you know. yeah, dude! Absolutely, and Glory Glory is one of the most reputable. MMA gyms there are on the entire landscape of MMA and not to I, you set it up so I have to mention it not only downtown TJ Brown but Kevin Crash Kroom former members of the Rhino Gang I've had him on my show I love both of those guys yeah. so I'm super stoked to have them on dude, and that I had them on and that they're fighting 
this coming weekend at the uh, UFC Fight Night. So we were stoked on that. And you're absolutely right, dude. So you're taking on Brazil's Arthur Estrazulas that yes, night. Yes, sir. 12 and 5 fighter. He has he's a Bellator vet, fought in the PFL. What what if anything do you know about the guy? Man, um just that he he's tough. He's uh been he's been around the block. He's uh he's he's put his he's put his um He's put his time in. He's he's paid he's he's paid a lot of dues, you know, in the game. So um, um by far he's the most experienced person that I've ever gotten a chance to fight, you know, and I'm super blessed to be able to throw down with him. Uh, I'm uh, praying so hard that COVID doesn't doesn't rear its ugly shit face, you know. Yeah. Um, because it you know because you know how that goes, you know. Sure. Put your life on the put your life on the line, put your career out there, and then bullshit happens. But you know, I'm healthy. Hopefully, he's healthy, and we're gonna get out there and do it. Uh, as far as like how I feel about the fight, man, uh, I got a new set of tools. I don't know if he's at a new camp, if he's got a new bag or whatever, but um, I'm not really worried about uh what he. Uh, could bring to me uh i'm more i'm more thinking about what i'm going to bring to him you know right well, while um, you're going to implement your game plan yeah because uh anything because anything that he anything that uh one of the biggest things for me as a fighter is that i'm uh intelligent and i have a high fight iq and it's just it's it only it only gets higher being with james because uh being with james and austin and jason high because that's what they're big on you know fight iq building a system rinse and repeating and uh re recycling your your shit you know while the fight's going on you you're going somewhere while they're thinking about where they need to go you know absolutely dude um this is now going to be your overall fight number 20 if you go back to your amis and your pro together this is gonna be your 20 fight you're just 27 years old uh, then you got to include the boxing training and obviously you talked about your karate background do you feel like you're at right now, obviously training with the glory MMA guys, you got to feel like you're your sharpest you've ever been right now, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sharpest I've ever been without a doubt. I'm, uh, I'm, um, I'm like, I, I, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. I'm not even the same. I'm not even, I've only been at glory for like six months. Um, you know, I, I straight up, I, I moved to Missouri for the gym, you know, to, yeah. uh, that's like, you know, that's, that's what I, that's what I do now. That's, that's why I'm here. And uh, I'm not even the same fighter I was six months ago. Um, I'm a I'm completely different fighter, completely different mindset, completely different skill set. Um, I'm still the same old dude as far as like you know my grappling skills and different things like that. But I know I know uh, Arthur likes to bang, so that might be something that we get to actually do this fight because I know Arthur will fight me. My last two fights have been a little bit boring because the guys I've been fighting haven't been wanting to fight me. They've been just trying to run and not lose, but I know Arthur will try to take the fight to me, so um, I, I'm prepared for uh, smoking them uh, off-rip or all three rounds. It doesn't matter to me, you know? That sounds good, dude. Now, we're fully confident over here in doing my research and studying your fights. You're getting that dub, dude. There's no doubt in my mind. Are you going to be looking for a lightweight title fight with the LFA after that, or are you going to kind of field offers from uh, any other organization that's going to be contacting you after that? Uh, man, either or. Um, you know, obviously, the the I say obviously, but what I hope, my hopes is, you know, I'll get a short notice fight uh, for the UFC um because like I'd, I'd i'd have no problem uh taking a fight at one set like if they need a short a guy to fill in short notice like you know on three days notice for a 170 fight i'd love to be the 55 that steps up uh and makes that happen it's no problem to me um you know even if it's a weight class up i'm an animal you know um but uh any other any other offers well uh, I'll, I'll have to talk to my manager on it but 
um lfa ti- lfa title another promotion the ufc whatever comes um I, like i said in some of my other interviews i think less about what my next move is and more about what i'm doing right now you gotcha. know i got yeah. i got goals you know i want to be top 10 in the ufc in the next three to five years you know i want to be champion in that time um but uh five years is a long time that's like you know that's that's uh that's half uh, that's half the whole career you know so um and i'm and i'm only like you know i'm not even i'm barely i'm barely to the halfway point in my career uh even age wise you know absolutely dude so um i'm not tripping about i'm not tripping about anything i just want to beat esther zulis's ass and then like you know go from there <laughs> yeah. take it as it comes it's the right mentality to have my friend so yeah. you talked about you said you're an animal but specifically your nickname is the killer bee yeah. Now, we love nicknames on this show. Obviously, I love animal nicknames the best. Clearly, Rhino. Hello, but <laughs> where the killer bee, dude? Where does that come from, and who gave it to you? It actually comes from Naruto. Um, it comes from Naruto. Uh, let's see if I remember right. Uh, Zeke, who's uh, like a brother to me, Zeke Wilson. He he's a um, shit. I don't know what Zeke fights at these days because he used to fight at uh, he used to fight at one twenty five. <laughs> And then he took a fight at 35, and like you know, he's getting swole now. So he, he okay. Lord knows, Lord knows what he's doing. Lord knows what he's doing, uh, <laughs> fight wise to weight wise. He'll, he's also will fight anybody anywhere anyway. He's uh, he's uh, he, he's a loose cannon as far as like, like what, like uh, he, he'll he'll fight anybody. He's 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 straight. He's he's from the streets. Anyways, <laughs> he gave it to me. I got like uh, it's from Naruto. Um, in the second series where. Uh, they're teenagers. There's a character that uh, the protagonist or the second main character, if you want to look at him that way, depending on where you're at in the story, uh, actually has to capture this dude. And this dude's name is Killer B. He's like uh, one of the strongest dudes out of like in Naruto. There's a lot of different villages and different things like that. This one village is the Cloud Village. It's like essentially where all the black people are at in Naruto. It's not only black people, but you don't see any black people in the show up until <laughs> they introduce this village, you know? Okay. And uh, the second strongest, the second strongest dude um, is uh, this dude named Killer B that um, is a really goofy per is a really goofy personality. He uh, raps randomly. Uh, he raps mostly when he talks, uh, and he's just he's just uh, he's just an upbeat character. He's like same, somewhat of the same personality that I have, you know. And my homeboy knows I love Naruto, so he kind of get he uh, gave it to me, and it kind of stuck that way. Which I'm, Very cool. Know. I yeah. I don't I don't know anything about any anime whatsoever. I, and I don't think I know how big it is, especially with amongst like MMA fighters and MMA fans. Yeah. It's just I think I missed the boat. You know, I'm 42, so I think I missed. Uh, no. I think and I missed the. Uh, I think I missed the whole the anime part of things. So I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounded pretty fucking cool to me, my dude. <laughs> I don't. I don't, man. And Let I, me tell you this: you're never you're never too late, man. Like uh, that's there's, fair. There's, that's fair. There's an anime for there's an anime for everybody. Whether you're into like you know people die people live in the good guy wins the bad guy wins it's there's so much of it you know when you think of like uh like almost like a comic book i'm sure you know i'm sure you've like seen like superman and shit like that i i have i have you know what i'm saying so there's like anime anime is like very much that type of thing but instead of instead of like your big your big guys like you know like superman batman or whatever it's more like they're those guys which would be like your goku your your naruto your your yusuke your meshi from different animes but then there's also like your fucking silver surfer type uh type like an anime imagine an anime about or a comic book completely about silver surfer or whoever you'd you'd be able to watch that there's like you know it's choose your flavor but if you're a martial artist and you, you really like martial arts baki the grappler is a great one to start um it's literally an anime about martial arts and like this kid 
you know, basically trying to whoop his dad, who's the strongest dude. Uh, yeah, I've definitely seen. Uh, I've definitely seen something about the the Baki, and I've definitely seen some memes and some people talk about. It. So you're right; that might be the one I I check out to try to dip my toe into the anime pool, if you will, my friend. You won't regret it, brother. Uh, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to give it a shot on your yeah. recommendation. So, like I said, we or like you said, you have changed gyms and you've been up at Glory MMA for now. You said six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you if you had to pinpoint what part of your game has improved the most since entering Glory's door? What part, what part of that striking, game would it be? Striking, striking. I'm slamming my hand on my desk right now. Bow, 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 <laughs> select, striking. I'm hitting the buzzer right now. Striking, striking. Right, striking. right, right. Yeah, like, no, your striking is my is, is definitely the thing that um has changed a lot. I've, I've, gone, I've, I've gone away from the, um, like, you know, a lot of times um, I had almost like a karate mindset, to, uh, which I have, like, you know, an extensive background in karate, but I had that kind of mindset whenever I was, uh, fighting and I, I was trying to shift away from that and more to like a boxer's mindset well, from like you know instead of trying to get a one shot one kill you know and going hard for it you know putting a lot of volume and putting a lot of pressure and uh and and, and pain on my opponent to where I can um you know make him quit so that um glory is big about that you know they they um they're less about what they actually what what Austin actually had me doing was being less of like, you know, I'm a very twitchy, um, I'm a very fast twitch, you know, uh, counter striker type of type of fighter, you know, um, he, he's kind of he's kind of had me go in a different direction. He's given me the opposite. He's given me the the yang to the yin of my fighting style, if you will. Um, so now I'm a, I'm a more complete striker, you know, like um uh, instead of like going for kill shots a lot and uh, going for big heavy shots, I go I, I set up my stuff so somewhat like I met Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz do, you know. Sure. Um, well, very, just touch him, just touch him, just touch him. Just yeah, touch him. You, yeah, yeah. You you don't, you don't even need to yeah you don't even need to put a lot of hate, a lot of heat on every punch, you know. Just shake that shake that brain, shake that brain up until it turns into mush, and then you can put the gas pedal on when you need to, you know. And that's that's something I've uh, I've been missing in my game, and uh, I've covered that whole. You know. That sounds yeah, absolutely, dude. We're I'm so stoked to watch this fight. Yeah. So so now we've worked our way into round number nine, Brent. Oh, this is shit. around the most this is around the most of my friends and fans and people who listen to the show. They love to hear this one. Let's so go. let's just put yourself in the mind frame of you've already done, you've already cut all your weight, you've okay. already depleted down, you've already won your fight. It's time to go out and celebrate it with the friends, the family. You get to really indulge in some fucking good grub, dude. Yeah, what yeah. are you getting and where are you getting it from? Man, uh, uh, after I, after I win my fight, I'm probably just gonna like uh, drink a little bit, you know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It depends on how I feel after the fight. If I get my, if I, if I'm, if I'm struggling, you know what I'm saying, walk yeah. limping around, I'm not drinking shit. <laughs> I'm, gonna <take> my, <laughs> I'm gonna take my ass back to the uh, hotel. Maybe get some uh, fruit. Uh, uh, go to sleep, right? And, but the next day, let me tell you, your boy can cook. When I get back to the house, cause I'm probably, cause I'm gonna be fighting three, three hours away from the house. When I get back to the house, boy, I'm gonna lace me up a steak. I'm gonna talking about getting me some. I'm gonna shred me up some potatoes, like some hash browns. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Get some bacon. Get some um. Get some fucking uh. Get some cheesecake. And then after that, fall out in a food coma. And once I get done with that, get ready to go back and like you know like get get ready get ready for that short notice call. Cause I can't get too fat. Come on now. <laughs> I know you. I know you. I know you can't see me right now, but I was just. 
shaking my head in agreement with everything you just said. Yeah, that man, all sounds that. fucking amazing, dude. <laughs> uh, so, so, Brent, bro, we have worked our way into the 10th round. This is the easiest round of them all. All you're doing is sharing your social medias with the people who are listening so we can all follow in your journey moving forward. We can get on the uh, Killer B train and just kind of keep tabs on you moving forward in your career, buddy. So what are all your social medias? All right, so uh, my social media on Facebook. Uh, my Facebook it's uh Brant Moore. It's just Brant Moore Jr. Uh, let's see, you can. There's an athlete's page that you can follow. Um, my Facebook is just about capped out. But if I like, you know, if I see if you get send me a friend request and I see that like you're not a bot, I'm gonna probably accept it. You know, I'm not bougie like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got no problem seeing. I got no problem uh accepting like requests or anything. Uh, like. Uh, <coughs> Messages from fans or whatever. My Instagram. Let me look this shit up right quick so I don't, you know, give you the wrong answer. Um, underscore. It's a uh, underscore Brant Junior. Uh, B R A N underscore B R A N T J U N I O R. You know, um, all lowercase. And uh, that uh, my Twitter and all the other stuff. Uh, my Twitter. Uh, I don't even fucking use Twitter like that, so I couldn't give you that if I wanted to. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get. I need to hop on that, and I'm gonna start a Twitter after my fight. I'm gonna start uh, being more live on my Twitter uh, after this fight, so I can like actually build up a following and a fan base because you know oh, absolutely we could for sure and, help you and, with and that and i'm gonna dude. start only fans with just <laughs> horny shit just jujitsu you feel me just jujitsu we're like yeah you see what i'm saying i said only fans and everybody just like oh really nah you ain't gonna see no man meat here horny <laughs> things <laughs> well brad this has been an absolute pleasure to have you on dude we are so stoked to watch you fight next week at an lfa 122 i really appreciate you taking the time man we were all riding with you that night and we really appreciate you coming on the show today Day, buddy for sure i appreciate you this is brent killer b moore and i just went 10 rounds with rhino <laughs> brent thank you so much dude that was a great conversation i love the high energy we had a great time you taught me about anime which i am going to look at that i am going to watch that one you told me about dude i really am so let's all make sure we watch brent on the lfa uh this coming friday on ufc fight pass co-main event at 155 so awesome brent thank you so much my dude all right, let's go ahead and get our shout-outs and our outros to our forum contributor, to the Raging Sweet Potato, to Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod, to Ty the Fly Guy from the Front Kicks and Throw Cuddles Pod, to the OG Jim Asun, to our girl APB, to Doc, to our man Jamal, the artist formerly known as Cyrus King and his hosting duties over there at Combat Corner. Awesome, awesome stuff. <clears throat> to our girl Brat, to Mike Morgan and Kairos for the Shots Fired Pod, to Chris from the Unmatched MMA Pod, to all the ladies from the PRG, thank you guys so much for everything you do for us every week and week out. To my underdog MMA fam, Jillian, Chrissy, Monica, Katie, and Jason, thank you guys for everything you do. Great show out this week, guys. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for putting on such great performances. My Rhino Gang, GC Familia, Gang Gang. The homie Marquise from Week Sauce Radio. And congratulations, buddy, on your new writing gig. So awesome. Well-deserved. To our girl, Ashley, the MMA nerd from the Silly Little Pod. I can't wait for those episodes to come back. To the feature play, Andrea. To the best engineer in the biz, to D. Reigns. To Dave Fretz, the eye sign of graphic design and the absolute best graphic designer in the whole world. And I'll say that with my whole chest. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram, at Dave Fretz. So as we love to say, I want you guys to reconnect with somebody this week. Love is always greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Cage Side!